have nothing to say. Oh, and I was going to say that clearly the mice in Cinderella represent an unenlightened proletariat that has been not given a class consciousness and is willing to restore an outed monarchy. Bro, have you been, like, <laughs> thinking about this for a while now? Uh, it sounds like it. <laughs> no, why would you say that? Alex, is this what you want to talk about this week? This is, do you want to talk about Cinderella? We can go there. Let's let's let's, let's, let's go there. Okay, if we're gonna talk about like crazy, stupid shit in like in uh, in Disney films, I want to start with The Lion King because Scar is totally like not the worst person in that movie. <laughs> Who is the worst person in that movie? It's Mufasa, clearly. No, Mufasa actually like subjugates the hyenas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He keeps them from like having a rightful place they're, in the savannah. They're kept in a racially segregated ghetto where they're kept away from all sources of food. Yes, there's a very strict hierarchy, hierarchical monarchical system in this feudal African kingdom. So it's like kingdom. no wonder that like Scar could go exploit that, but at the same time it's like these hyenas are starving. I mean, like, who the fuck else is going to help them? I mean, if nothing else, it's a really excellent case of, like, how fascism roots itself in, into the minds of oppressed people and, like, and like people who see themselves as being outcast and, and you know, downtrodden. Yeah, but, like, the hyenas are actually being, like, are actually outcast and are actually da downtrodden as opposed to, like, fucking MAGA hat wearers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do we want to circle back around to this after we talk about the Second Civil War, or yeah, yeah we're <laughs> what all order safe, guys. are we going to talk about this? Hey, guess what, bitches? We lived. We lived through the Second Civil War. Coming to you live from the front lines. <laughs> <laughs> can we get some? Uh, can we get some public domain like Ken Burns music to like play through the background of this entire episode, uh, Alex? I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> My dearest love, <laughs> it is with a heavy heart that I write to you from this Chick-fil-A parking lot. <laughs> oh, that's all I got. <laughs> Adam and Steve's gay wedding cake was lost in the, in the firefight of the Chick-fil-A down here in Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> the battle of Bowling Green is not going as planned. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dearest mother... I thought my two weeks atop the leaderboards of Fortnite would have prepared me for the horrors of war, but I was sorely mistaken. Please give my body pillow Kamika-chan a nice fluffin' before my return. Hold it tightly and pray for my swift and safe return back to the homestead. Your son, Michael. P.S. Please send hot pockets. <laughs> So if you're in the future where we are in fact embroiled in the second American Civil War, yeah, this, this is probably less we're funny. Sorry. For you. <laughs> <laughs> but for us in the here and now, uh, it's fucking hilarious. Alex Jones's prediction has uh, not come to fruition. So this one time in college, you met Alex Jones. No. Um, Did you turn frogs gay? <laughs> no, it's it's sort of like that. Were you, um, <laughs> were you caught in bed with a goblin? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> senior year was a wild ride for for a lot of us at Goucher College. Anyway, um, just dropped the name of my alma mater. Yep. So like my best one of my best friends from college and I were like hanging out one night um in Colorado and smoking some reefer. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. In Colorado. Baltimore, like Colorado. Baltimore, Colorado, yes. Was it Stole that joke from a better podcast. <laughs> Uh, thank you. We hate movies. Um, so anyway, and we were like hanging out and we were like surfing the internet like you did back in the early 20 teens. 
And we came across a website that was called Christwire.com. And we couldn't tell. It's like hotwire.com. Instead <laughs> of Christ. hotel rooms, you get sepulchers. <laughs> so, like, we couldn't tell in our state if it was, like, sarcasm or not. Like, we didn't know if we'd stumbled upon, like, a version of The Onion or if this was, like, a real thing. But uh, one of the articles that we ended up reading was um, socialist or uh, we it was weed smoking hippies tried to turn America into socialist sex utopia, and we were just like, oh my god, why have we never thought about this before? Why have we never tried to do this? Because you hadn't smoked enough weed yet. We hadn't smoked enough weed, and so we were just like, we couldn't in Colorado. In Colorado. Um, <laughs> After it was legalized. After it was legalized. Uh, you know, so we were just like, oh my God, why? Why didn't we do this? Like, we should we should do this. This is such a great idea. And that's kind of what it reminded me of yesterday with the whole Alex Jones claiming the Second Civil War was going to happen. It's like, damn. Like, why didn't we think about doing this? <laughs> this makes so much sense. We should just have a Second Civil War. <laughs> so much and it was like yeah so uh, so thanks Alex Jones for like positing that into all of our all of our psyches because otherwise like it just occurred to me to like fucking vote would it you well, know well, or like uh, volunteer for a progressive cause well, apparently about 30 Use money to about plan parenthood 37 percent of American population according to the latest polls think that there is going to be a second civil war sometime in the future yeah so. I fucking believe it <laughs> I, I think I'm part of that 37 okay. percent I just I'm, what did you call me before we started? Uh, well, he called you an accelerationist. Yeah. I'm an accelerationist now, apparently. I was just... Yeah. And then, Alex, you brought in the other one. The, the, the uh, Trotskyites uh, who believe in aliens. Yeah, po podestists. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you're unfamiliar with accelerationism, uh, go look up Zizek, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I suppose that, yeah, Slavoj Zizek is probably the best choice to, like, look at that. Yeah. Or you can just watch his movie, um, The Pervert's Guide to Ideology, which I don't think he talks about accelerationism in He there, talks a but... lot about trash cans in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, he, he, like, clears his throat a lot. That, that's, that's kind of his thing. He's, <laughs> yeah. He has a sniffle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a sign that he's a cokehead. I'm just gonna throw that I, I think it's just his, a sign that he's from Yugoslavia. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of a lot of people like if you've ever met somebody with like a permanent cold, they're probably a cokehead, because of just how much like cocaine completely destroys your your nose. I mean, it's entirely nose possible. People have joked about it for long enough, but it could just be a tick of his. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. I also um I found uh, this is a great trend. Hey, meme watch guys. Um, <laughs> meme watch. I, I found a pretty great leftist page uh, the other day called um the the radical leftorium, which is uh <laughs> yes! which is Simpsons pictures with like leftist things on it. <laughs> Um, and they did, there was one where, uh, it, it was steamed clams, um, but it was Slavo Zizek and, um, and, um, what's his name? Uh, the lobster guy. Oh, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And so Jordan, Jordan Peterson was Skinner and Slavo Zizek was, uh, was, uh, was, uh, Chalmers. And he was like, and you were saying that, uh, that Marxism, that, that postmodernism is actually rebranded Marxism. Yes, even I, I see. 
even though postmodernism post rejects structuralism, <laughs> whereas Marxism is a uh, is materialistic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Nah. It's, it's hilarious, guys. I'll, I know you're not laughing out there, but trust me, it's hilarious. You should go check it out. Uh, anyway, what are we talking about this week? So I think we're going to talk about Disney films and how they fucked us up. Yeah. Or we're going to talk about the proletariat cause in Disney films. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's say we circle back to that. All I right. Think we were onto some shit. Yeah, because speaking of Facebook and things that you find on there, I had found recently something that said all, all Disney movies should be re- redone from the point of view of the proletariat or the working classes of that period of time. Did you see that? Or? No, I have not yeah. seen this. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, it's just, it was like a... Was it Saturday morning breakfast cereal comic? Oh, oh yeah, no, I did see this. Yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the one about Frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the sisters are learning the meaning of friendship. Damn Meanwhile. it, Hans! My children will starve. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. One. No. So let's talk about this shit. Well, like first of all, let's talk about Cinderella. Okay. Because you initially brought up that, and you believe the mice are the proletariat in this. The mice. They. They. I believe that they are a representation of the proletariat or of the agrarian working class. But they do not have class consciousness. They, they, they represent. I mean, this could go back to tropes involving like the idea of the commoner as like the the trickster archetype because they they're always playing tricks on the cat and things like that. Yeah. But, but um, but they are willing to help Cinderella in her yeah. quest to regain. They're, her They're in a status. servile role, even to the character who is ostensibly the servant. Yeah. Like the lowest of the low, mm-hmm. and the mice are the ones that are like helping her to like. Do all the things around that. Or, the house. alternatively. So, does that make Cinderella petite bourgeoisie? Or, like, what does that no, mean? No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I, alternatively, alternatively, the mice see Cinderella as their way in to the ruling class, and then they're going to take it down from the inside. But they put their faith in her, which was their folly. Yeah. You know, and so maybe, maybe the lesson isn't, you know, maybe the lesson we take away from Cinderella um is don't put your don't put your faith in the petite bourgeoisie they will only betray you and enslave you and make you make them more dresses see the way the way i want to think about it is or the way i've been thinking about it okay is you know cinderella like like in the stories of cinderella it she's not like a servant she like her father was like the landowner of yeah, this yeah, region yeah, yeah. and like she's only been forced into the servile role by the Step- the evil stepmother. Yeah. stepmother, yeah. So she, in my mind, represents less the petite bourgeois and more a kind of fallen aristocracy from, like, when the bourgeois, you know, rose up back back in, during the Industrial Revolution when they became the dominant power. The old aristocracy started taking on the the cause of this kind of reactionary socialism, uh, trying to gain the, the people's so, trust. So she's like a Marquis de Lafayette. Kind of. of. Taking advantage of the... Uh... Uh, of the, the, of the revolutionary dis- fervor to uh, kind of further cement her claims to to her title. That's how I would kind of place her in terms of this, and and in using the trappings of the working class is able to convince them to to. I'm one of you mice. I also don't have anything to wear to the ball. <laughs> don't don't call me by don't call me by my title and inher- my inherited title anymore. From now on, I am Philippe Egalité. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Cinderella. <laughs> and they don't even call her Cinderella. They call her Cindy-ella. Or at least in the Disney movie. It's they like, do. anyway. Yeah. Man, they even, they even like, have this sort of, like, weird, affected way of speaking that makes them, like, sound more working class in, the in like, the realm of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Also, who the fuck names their kid Charming? 
Like, how do you? Is how that do you actually his name? No, his name is fucking charming. And it's like, how the fuck do you name somebody, name your child charming, and not expect them to like grow up to be a huge douchebag? <laughs> like that's I what know. I want to know. What, what's like, his, what's why his, is this a good idea? Prince Charming Hohenzollern? Like what? What? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably like with his brother Rolf and Heinrich. <laughs> who, are the, who are the the royal family? That, oh, the Habsburgs. That's right. It's like really like Prince Charming Habsburg, and it's like. We don't see, but in the sequel, his chin just falls off. <laughs> He's been wearing a false chin the whole time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, bitch, you you had like fucking I mean, no, mice make your dress. So. No wonder his whole his whole yeah. idea is to get people, the entire population of women, to try on these shoes. Oh my god, it That's makes the... so much sense though, because like one, you gotta find someone out of the bloodline. How do you? Yeah, you gotta find someone. Who doesn't have, like, a Habsburg chin? But also, like, how do you... You go the entire night and you don't know this bitch's name? You don't know this bitch's name. You don't know where she fucking lives. All you know is, like, her her shoe size is, like, a four. New new theory. New theory. (laughs) Okay, so... Hot off the presses. (laughs) New theory. So... This this is a story of a fabrication of the justification for the marriage. See, they need to get uh, someone out of the bloodline, and they can't have it be a commoner. There's no way it could be a commoner. That uh, would be unsort of. So it's got to be this fallen aristocracy that yes. was treated like a commoner. I see it now. I see yeah. it. Uh, I think that's about right. Yeah. Although, do you think that the, if that's the case, if that's the way we're looking at it, is she like third cousins with Prince Charming? Like, is it is it distant <laughs> enough? All you can't ch- get too distant, all, okay? Or, or that whole story could be a lie from the start. All their children could have, like, webbed toes and, like, think they're made out of glass. I mean, if if that story is not true, then yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all it's all just fabricated. It's, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> why, why are we talking about this? Oh, yeah. Because we were talking we about, had, like, We had nothing else to talk about. Yeah. So, so now, now we're going to talk about, right. like, Disney movies. There's the clearly story. a Disney movie. That, like, fits the mold of, like, modern capitalist oppression better than all the others. And I'm thinking about it now, and I'm wondering if anyone else knows what I'm thinking about. Okay. Which era of Disney movie are you thinking of? That might help us. I, I just want to see. I want to see if anyone oh. has gotten it. What is? What would be, like, the perfect metaphor for, for how capitalism, uh, m- like turns the the workers into mindless automatons without a sense of class consciousness shot in the dark beauty and the beast no although that was a good one too because that's literally dehumanizing them (laughs) yeah Yeah. literally dehumanizing the workers wally Ooh, that would be another good well i don't know wally is more about like consumerism consumerism than about like class consciousness although i think we could probably dig some into there but no you're closer frozen no tangled (laughs) it's tron Oh my god! <laughs> the the original Tron. Right? Yeah, the original Tron. Is that a Disney movie? Yeah, it was a Disney movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so hear me out on this. Okay. All right. Okay. So so Tron, right? It is literally about like a a slave automaton race that is being saved by their by the people they view as a god who's been kind of shrunk down so it's kind of getting a similar thing to cinderella with uh, with flynn who is digitized and brought into the computer he's like again like a fallen aristocracy or perhaps a, you know someone from the bourgeois class who has uh who is perhaps slumming acting like the leader of this revolution 
When in actuality, it's there is no revolution. It's just a change of masters. You go from being ruled by the MCP to being ruled by Flynn and the other users, but the users are still the users and the programs are still the programs. Well, that's, that's just like the French Revolution era. That's, yeah, that's yeah. like the rise of the bourgeois in general. Like, it doesn't have to be a fallen. He is the rise of the bourgeois in that case. Well, no, because the, the programs already see the users as gods. Oh, there okay. are some that don't even believe that the users exist, but now a user is amongst them. And he is the, the protagonist, even though the movie is named after one of the programs. And the program is basically designed to, like, essentially sacrifice itself to save the system. So we have, like, the noble worker, but the hero of the movie, the, the movie that, the, 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 the perspective from which the movie is told, is not this noble worker fulfilling his purpose. It is told from the perspective of the, the, the user, the programmer, the creator, the god character. If you, you have no purpose without the users. Just as the, you know, the proletariat has no purpose without the, ca the capitalist class. Okay. <laughs> I, I, has no I one else seen Tron? I haven't no seen Tron. No, no, no one's seen Tron. Damn it. Yeah, you're, you're this is one. a really good one. God. This is I, a good I one. I say... believe you. I don't have anything to say against it because I don't know. I, I was going to argue that the most, the movie that is the most sympathetic to the proletariat is Frozen. And here's why. Okay, explain why. In addition to love, you know, conquering all and the sisters and whatever, okay, like their plot and obviously Anna is also part of, is also a hero because she saves Elsa through love, yada, yada, yada. Kristoff. 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 Kristoff, the ice deliverer. Mm -hmm. Speaker of the proletariat, speaks reason, calm reason throughout the movie. They are on, they are on the uh, sled. They're trying to get to Elsa. And Kristoff is like, why the fuck are you marrying this guy you just met? You don't know anything about him. And she's like, whatever. And he's like, what's her, what's his last name? She's like, of the seven Isles," And he's like, that's not a last name. It's great. Um, what's his favorite food? Sandwiches. You don't know anything about this guy. And like Kristoff speaks calm, cool, collective reasoning throughout the entire movie and at the end he is rewarded as being the uh the official ice deliverer of of Arendelle also he uh he's an ice deliverer uh and he gets really screwed over by Elsa's snowstorm temper tantrum mm -hmm. uh so he takes it upon himself to go find the cause and put an end to the endless winter. He is truly the proletariat noble worker hero. And he gets the girl in the end. So Frozen, most sympathetic to the proletariat. It's, it's fairly sympathetic, but it's still like, oh no, your goal should not be to be the proletariat. Like you should be you should be thankful to your betters. It's it's still very monarchist. Like uh, like the uh, like at any point, does he try to overthrow the the system, or just try to change? No, it he's the... in love with Anna. He's in love with the so system. So why would he overthrow this? He gets the second sister, which is the better deal in this case, because he doesn't have to deal with any of the actual monarchical bullshit. He just has to hang out with Anna, kiss a few babies, open up a couple of hospitals, 
maybe cut the you know cut the ribbon at the so, local like so it's the story Arendelle Mart. It's the story of this this worker, the common clay of the soil, who is corrupted by the the upper classes, <laughs> who 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 is told that this is this is how you can better your condition is by the only way you can better your condition is through marriage into this upper class mm-hmm. and accepting their worldview. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I guess if we're going to do like most sympathetic view towards the proletariat, I, at least if we're sticking with like Disney princess movies I or bet. just animated films, like They're like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have considered Tron in this or any of the other like like yeah, yeah. what what do you call it? like what is it Blackbeard or, or you know the the. the um, the, Let, the, let's stick to Disney animated films and let's include like Pixar films as well, maybe. Okay. All right. So yeah. what what do you guys? I've put forth my idea. Frozen. You guys have bashed it. What is your counter well, argument? I, it's I not think... bashing it in that it's a, a like you said is correct. Yeah, it does yeah. present a sympathetic view of a proletariat character. Yeah, but it doesn't. But it, it's not. You know, it's not sympathetic to the proletariat. That'd be a difference. Okay. That'd All be right. a different thing. Uh, let me think. Um. Wally probably it has to be a Pixar movie that actually mm. is the one because you, you you can't have basically any of the Disney movies that feature a princess or a prince at all are automatically out because they're all monarchists <laughs> <laughs> they're all because even if they have like like you could say like oh yeah Lion King Timon and Pumbaa he learns a lot it's like yeah but at the end he still becomes king yeah like the, the, they're all monarchists none of those work in terms of that um, have have any of you seen the rescuers? Yes. Yes. Oh no, you're the right. The mouse no. model UN. And it's a communist country leader that you know because she's Hungarian, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. God, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I I've seen the original rescuers like maybe once or twice, but I like I I watch the rescuers down under like all the time. Oh, so that's gotcha. the one that I remember more. Gotcha. But yeah, she is she is Hungarian. Mm-hmm. From the Socialist Republic of Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think we got it. And they solve problems with diplomacy rather than monarchy. Yeah. yeah. Because they're part of like the mouse version of the United Nations. Mm-hmm. It's it's an They inter- work with like they work across cultures and species <laughs> to you know get to be able to fly to australia to rescue and they do things in service of others without expecting anything in return actually if we're gonna if we're gonna broaden this out to like just animated children's movies in general rats of nim i think is the is the winner. the secret of nim secret of nim yeah. okay because the book is Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Right. Yeah, Secret of Nim. Absolutely. I saw it once. I did I need not to see remember. this, actually. Yeah, you, know, you should. It's a good movie. It is yeah. good. Um, so it's the the movie is about... It's about I mean, Mrs. Frisbee. It's about Mrs. Frisbee, who's who a, was a field mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and her son is sick and dying. And her husband... Like, she's a widow... Um, and so it's like, oh, well, her husband once told her, like, if, if she ever needed anything, she should go see the Rats of Nim. And it turns out the Rats of Nim are escaped laboratory animals from the National Institute of Mental Health, which is what NIMH NIM stands for, N-I-M-H. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were experimented on and they became super smart. Uh, and so they are like this, again, oppressed underclass who rose up against their oppressors and 
ran away and formed their own nation and their own society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they're like ruling themselves, but then like things start to go wrong. And Mrs. Brisby, who's even more like run like down on her luck than them, like ends up helping their, them and they help her. Uh, there's also a crow involved. There's also a wise owl. And a what? No, the owl's the asshole. Oh, is it? Yeah, the owl's the one that's like trying to kill everybody. Are you sure? Yes. You're thinking of um. You're thinking of the leader of the rats. You're thinking Nicodemus, mm-hmm. who also looks creepy and weird, but is a good, but is like a wise leader. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's right. It's secret of Nim. It has been many many years since I have seen that movie, but it is fucking amazing. Uh, and is probably the best Don Bluth movie. Who left Disney because Disney was treating him like shit, so he formed his own company, which also makes it fairly proletarian. Yeah. yeah. That happens again in the 90s with DreamWorks. That happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I wonder if it's going to happen again. Uh, I don't know. I mean, possibly. The the, the animators, I, as far as I'm aware, I mean, there's Pixar, mm-hmm. which is like... But Pixar is owned by... I Pixar mean, is owned by Disney, but I, I feel like... If you were given the choice between the two, like Pixar is probably the place where you want to actually work. Yeah. I feel like I feel like there's way less barbed wire at like the the Pixar animation studios. <laughs> um, the guards only shoot you with rubber bullets. <laughs> um, you know, if you had to choose between them, I feel like Pixar is a, the place to work. Ooh, if we're gonna go Don Bluth, what? A, well. I don't know if this is really buying into it or if it's buying into the whole American dream, but American Tale. American Tale, yeah. American Tale more buys into the American dream than others, but it also portrays the harsh realities of immigrant communities. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Those poor rats, they had to change their last name. Did they? No, they're still Mouskowitz. Mouskowitz, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. No, it was the humans. The humans that are, like, in line. That's, like, never mind. I mean, are you talking about the small scene at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, Mr. Smith. <laughs> it's like, keep on coming. Like, yeah. God, remember when we just let people come to the country? Hey, remember that time that we, like, put a sign on our country that said, send us your tired, huddled masses? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. That. Huh. My, uh, in fairness, great... the French gave us that. We didn't decide to put it up ourselves. My, uh... We had to like, put it someplace nice yeah. when the French came yeah. by to visit. My, my, my great-grandparents remember, because mm-hmm. they saw it. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Although, technically, they didn't go to New York. They went to uh, Virginia IA. Well, mm-hmm. no, one of them went to New York. Anyway, I'm getting way off topic on a personal <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, my, my family came over in the Mayflower. So. <laughs> um. I don't know. We think that <laughs> part of my family got uh, got land grants from King Charles II after the Restoration, wow. but then other parts of my family like got chased out of Ireland. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my family discovered that yes, there are cats in America, and the streets are not paved with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I feel like my family's country club was the one that uh, <laughs> that, that blowed you. Anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My family never owned a country club. It was a, it was a it was a horse stable. You know what? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it was a polo field. It was a polo uh, field. It was a yacht club. And, and it was in West Egg, All right, it wasn't that great. <laughs> it was in West Egg. West Egg is it? No, East Egg was the sh- no uh, West Egg. West yeah, Egg was West the, shitty, is, one. Is right, the right. shitty one with the new money. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was, that's where we had the polo field. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't that great, all right? The, 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 the fictional West Egg. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm trying to... Never mind. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, my... Um, we're, we're, I mean, we're not that one. Uh, don't mind me. I'm just okay. writing down all what right. we're talking about so I can make it easier to edit. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, um, I don't know. Do we have anything else to talk about with these Disney movies? <laughs> well, we could talk we about Poca- on, We could uh, talk. Oh no, good. I, I was saying we we touched on hyenas in Lion King. I don't know if we want to explore that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like that's a really good like because you're saying something earlier about like oh well you know people in the red hats aren't really oppressed in America, but it's like, but if you look at like. Germany in the 20s when there was a depression and like a lot of the soldiers coming back from war. Alex is Jewish. Do I'm, you really I'm, have this conversation right now? I'm not saying. Like he's sitting right <laughs> there. I'm he's not sitting saying it's just next to you. <laughs> I'm not saying Do you want to continue down this line yes, of reasoning? If you would let me explain right. what I'm saying. I want to hear what he has to say. So what I'm, what I'm saying is that like you have like a, a whole group of people who feel disaffected with the world and then a, a big, tough, effeminate lion shows up and is like, hey, guys, I can make you masters of the universe. Like, that's yeah. kind of a tempting offer for people who feel like yeah. they've been shit on for decades. And it, does, and it doesn't have to be that they are shit on. They yeah, just have just, to feel, they feel like, like it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what I was getting at with the MAGA hat, where, where it's, yeah. it's like, they have clearly not been shit on. Mm-hmm. Like, they are they are white people in but America. They feel and, like but it. they feel because like it. Because for eight years, Barack Obama sat in the White House and was polite. <laughs> and that has, like, that has destroyed their view of the world. And it's, I mean, it's, it's that when you've grown, there, there's, like, a, a quote. I don't know who said it or if it's just a thing people say on the internet. But, you know, when you've lived your life in pri- privilege equality feels like oppression yeah, yeah i've seen that quote around too i yeah. don't know if that actually was ever attributed to anyone or if it's just anonymous but yeah uh yeah no that's absolutely right yeah. which is which is mega. but unlike that the hyenas in the lion king are treated as yeah, they class are citizens. actively yeah. oppressed and yeah. they're like you know thrust into a, mm-hmm. a but so species. for people who yeah. are actively oppressed yeah. then yeah fascism can <laughs> also be appealing yeah. now the the problem is oh, there's a lot of problems. No, so so yes, the the hyenas are the lowest in the stratum if you don't count the grass, mm-hmm. um, because which we, we don't because it's not sentient. We, okay, but he, they too talk about the grass. Oh. Um, See, Alex, the but, grass represents no, the gazelles <laughs> eat the grass, yeah. and then we eat the gazelles. Yeah. See, that's the stratification and as long of society as right there. Everyone stays in their proper place, as and there is harmony. As long as this feudal order is not overturned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> which, what you gotta say? Which, in in fairness to the Lion King, is probably more to do with the fact that this that that the Lion King is more Shakespearean than any other Disney movie. Yes, and so it kind of deals with that same Elizabethan great chain of being. Yeah, kind of like I mean, he basically like does. says it in his speech about yeah, yeah. the you know about the the gazelle and the antelope. Um, Which again, because the movie is monarchist, we can't really talk about it. Hey, you know what's kind of gross? What's kind of gross? Uh, Nala and Simba are totally half siblings. Well, yeah, of course, because all of the children in the Pride would be fathered by the same lion. Yeah. See, now, now we're excusing that because it's an animal, and if we're going to excuse that because of an animal, then we can excuse the entire hierarchical structure of the society. And now we're back to Habsburg kids. <laughs> well, no, because because if you if Simba 
if this were actual the case with actual lions, mm-hmm. Simba would have to go off and form his own pride. He would have been chased out. Yeah. Of, yeah. Which Much he as he was, that is actually the natural order. Yeah. As he gets, he and gets... he did form a pride with Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. <laughs> he formed the gayest <laughs> pride. Uh, we're a month late. Happy belated pride, everybody. Happy belated yeah. pride. Uh, with Timon and Pumbaa, who you can either interpret if you think it's more Henry V, or not Henry V. Henry the Fourth. Henry the Fourth. Then you think it's they're kind of like Falstaff stand-ins. If you think it's more Hamlet, well, you're wrong. It's clearly Henry like, the Fourth. It's clearly Henry he the Fourth. He lives at the end. It's Henry the Fourth, part one. Yeah, he overthrows. Slash part two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. He, he overthrows Scar at the end. He fucking lives. It's not fucking Hamlet. Like. Can you elaborate on that? We another Shakespeare people. So, like, a lot of people claim that, like, the Lion King is Hamlet. As has been claimed to me before. Because it's the, because A, evil uncle, and B, literally nothing else dead dead father yeah and a ghost dead, dead father ghost that wants you to avenge his death uh he never uses no, the word he he runs away from his responsibilities much like hamlet runs away from his responsibilities um but he like has a good relationship with timon and pumbaa mm-hmm. whereas like hamlet has a really shitty relationship with rosencrantz and guildenstern yeah but Hal also has a really shitty relationship with uh, Falstaff and Pistol and Bardolph mm. towards the end of part two. Yeah. Um, so, okay, for, for those of you who don't read classic literature... Are, are we going to have to fucking explain Hamlet? Because I no, feel like if we have to work, explain we Hamlet... Don't explain Hamlet. Okay. We know Hamlet. Right. We've been taught right. Hamlet. What we don't know is Henry, Henry the, the Fourth. I've right. seen Henry the Fifth, but not Henry the okay. Fourth, either so, part one or part so two. So Henry the Fourth um, is the prequel to Henry the Fifth. So it is a... the. It is largely the story, even though it was called Henry IV, it is largely the story of Prince Hal, who is Henry IV's son, who will become, will become Henry, Henry V, v. v when he grows up. Right. Um, and basically about how Hal is kind of a drunken idiot who hangs out with these, like, cowardly, like, lowborn knights, and, like... Who might say Akuna Matata? Who might say Akuna Matata? Is this the Falstaff? This and is Falstaff. And and because Pistol I do recognize them from Henry V, in which yes. case they're just basically extras that get killed off. Um, and that actually doesn't happen in Henry V. It happens in the Kenneth Branagh version, okay. but the scene that they show is actually... Actually, I don't. I don't think it's in in any of the plays. I think they okay. just added. They that just in. added it yeah. in the movie. Okay. It, it, well, then uh, I know even less about Shakespeare yeah, than I thought I did. Yeah. Congratulations, you've exposed my ignorance. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh is actually a terrible Shakespeare director. Oh, he's okay. fine. <laughs> um, I mean, don't don't watch his comedies, but the tragedies and histories are fine. Um, but so anyway, so Falstaff and Bardolph and Pistol are like his friends, and he just hangs out in the tavern with them, getting drunk, and then. He realizes there's this other, uh, there's this other guy, um, uh, Hotspur, is yeah. like kind of rampaging around trying to overthrow his father because his father himself kind of had a, a less than legitimate claim to the throne, and so this other guy gets all pissed off and is like trying to raise an army to overthrow Henry the Fourth, and then Hal is like, oh shit, I better like stop playing around and like actually be a leader because if i'm gonna be king one day then i'm gonna need to like be an adult and not just (laughs) hang out and like drink with all these people and And saying i can't wait to be king and saying i just can't wait to be king and um 
basically make fun of my drunk idiot friends all the time. Yeah. Um, and that's his arc over Henry the Fourth Part One, and then by the end of Henry the Fourth Part Two, he is crowned king, and he's like, "No, I don't want to hang out with you guys anymore because y'all are all peasants, pe- lowborn." Yeah. I mean, except for Falstaff, who's technically a knight. Um, but yeah. Okay. And that's, that's, that's his arc over the course of the, the two films. Yeah. So who so, is Zazu in all this? So Zazu in all of this, uh, I don't know. There's an advisor. Richmond? Yeah. I don't know. No, no, Richmond's in uh, Richard III. Never mind. Um, I don't know. Somebody. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody. somebody. So somebody who had some line about Prince Hal needing to shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Zazu. Okay. Um, he's the Brian Blessed character in, yeah. in Henry V. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 it's so, more, so it's more of a Shakespearean history because of the fact that the monarch tri- triumphs overall, mm. and the absolute monarchy always triumphs. So, like Richard the Third, eventually the true monarchy triumphs. Mm. So, like in any history, which is why I'd kind of argue that it's more of a. It's closer to the history. It's closer to the history than a tragedy. Because Scar is really more Richard the Third than he is Claudius. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is so the reason why we say that is because like Richard the Third, if you are familiar with Richard the Third, as much as he is a hunchback, and as much as like he does terrible things, he's also got this like weirdly like almost like animalistic, no pun intended, magnetism. He loves his nephews. To him, like yeah, yeah. Also, he locks his nephews in a tower and possibly kills him. Uh, that that's kind of a a draw. But yeah, if you see it. If you see the the comparison, like from uh, Lion King from Scar's perspective, it's much more Richard the Third. Oh yeah. But like, so in the way that, that would be a really good movie. Why do we get the one with from Timon and Pumbaa's perspective? I know Why, Lion King one and a half, but we don't get Lion King from Scar's perspective. We do get it from Scar's kids' perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's another. Don't we in like the yeah, second one? Yeah, that's kids? the second one. Or, like Scar's no, grandkids. he is sec- he is Scar's kid. Okay. Like Scar apparently went off. Had a thing with a lion. I lady. don't believe that because Scar is the gayest person to ever oh, be in no, a Disney no, movie. No, but if he's gonna be yeah, king, that is a no, big lie. No, but if he's gonna be a king, he's <laughs> gotta true. have a beard. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and he's gotta have an heir. Yeah, yeah. that's that is the thing. not Simba. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of monarchs in the past that you know were were gay or whatever, yeah. but they had to produce an heir. That's true. Yeah, such as the Ian McKellen version of Richard the yeah. Third. Um, <laughs> So anyway, but he has this kind of I like... I don't know. Ian McKellen as Richard III is way butcher than Scar <laughs> But But much in the same way as, like, Scar is sort of endearing in this kind of weird way. Or, like, you know, he's got, like, a couple of funny one-liners. Like, Richard III's kind of like that. You know, he eventually, like, gets into bed with... What's her name? The person his... whose father and, like, husband he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like he... killed. Oh, so, like, Scar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, like, he kills, like, a husband and a father, and then, like, totally ends up with this lady, uh, with the widow. Um, Was ever woman in this fashion wooed? Was yeah, ever yeah, yeah. woman in this fashion won? Yeah. Like, he's he's got, you know, he's got some moves, that Richard. That old <laughs> hunchback there. You know, and so, like, that, as the voice of Tim fucking Curry, who we know, could get any human being to bed that he wished. Wait, hold on, pause. Do you think that Tim Curry played uh, Scar? Is that not him? It's Jeremy Irons. Oh, shit. Another equally (laughs) animal magnetism. Animal man. (laughs) Who, who, incidentally, 
in uh, the Hollow Crown version of Henry the Fourth, parts one and two, plays Henry the Fourth. Huh. Yeah. All right. Oh shit! You're right. It is Jeremy Irons. Yeah. I I apologize. I apologize Two. for that. Anyway, but anyway, the you see where I'm going with this? I see where you're going. With I see this. Scar, Richard the Third, Lion King. Not a tragedy. It's uh, not a Shakespearean tragedy. It's actually a Shakespearean history. Also extremely monarchist. Extremely monarchist, such as the histories, Tend because be. Shakespeare was trying to get paid. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he was getting paid by. By the monarchy yeah. to write down the history of the monarchy. I'll tell you about the time that the person your grandfather overthrew mm-hmm. murdered his nephew. And well, speaking of King James, there's also Pocahontas. Yeah, that we can yeah. talk about. That was actually technically Elizabeth. Oh. But yeah, let's go ahead and move okay. on. Okay, let's let's talk about Pocahontas. Let's talk about Pocahontas. So we we for reasons that we cannot disclose have an inordinate amount of history <laughs> knowledge about Pocahontas. <laughs> it's it's also it is largely because we are from Virginia. roughly that area of the world. <laughs> so we can tell you about exactly how many uh, waterfalls there are some in Richmond. Some of us bitches were promised ro- uh, waterfalls, and some of us bitches did not get them when you, they were seven. You gotta go to Richmond for that shit. No, and th- no they're not even that impressive. You get waterfalls. You get, like, whitewater rapids. <laughs> okay, but I... Okay, so this is my fucking bone to pick with Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with any of the racism or any of the other stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I, so like right before I lived in Texas before I moved to Virginia and right before we were going to move to Virginia, Pocahontas came out. And so my parents were like, yeah, this is where we're going to live. You know, here. Yeah. Here in Virginia. Virginia. (laughs) And I was like, man, this shit's going to be off the chain. Like there's talking raccoons and like hummingbirds. I want to be my friends. The raccoon never spoke. Okay, fine. There's talking willow trees, which is an invasive species. Um, there are, like, raccoons that want to be your friends, not shit on your car. <laughs> raccoons want to shit on your car and go through your trash. They're not nice creatures. Do you not have raccoons in Texas? We didn't know we didn't have raccoons in Texas! Oh, okay. There are no there are armadillos. There, there are armadillos. Yes, there it's are armadillos. The Texan, it's a Texan raccoon. Yeah, the it's Texan raccoon is an armadillo, which is, one, cuter, and two, doesn't go through your trash. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so that's what I was promised and I didn't get any of that shit. And maybe we have waterfalls, but we don't have, like, the gigantic kind that you can, like, jump majestically off of. And break your neck. And break your neck <laughs> and, like, dive into the sea below. Like, none of that shit happened that I was promised. The, uh, the majestic... So fuck the, the majestic, clear James River. Yeah. It's uh, with so its clear. many waterfalls. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. It's it's a uh, completely clean. If you can't tell by our sarcasm, uh, the James River is kind of a shit show <laughs> because way back in the 17th century, people over harvested the oysters that filtered out all of the sediment. So it used to be really clear. And then because fucking white people destroyed the river. So I guess at least that part of the movie's all right. Yeah, because yeah. it's pre you know contact James yeah. or. Whatever pre whatever whatever it was called. The but river. there were there were like oysters the size of your dinner plate. Uh, is a quote from John Smith. Yeah. Anyway, so man, we've like. What are we talking about? You you brought it up. I'm sorry. That was, that was I, I'm done with my ranting. I mean, I mean, while while any movie that has a princess is inherently monarchic, you know, as you can said, 
this because it's not necessarily based in European tradition is not necessarily the same kind of monarchists. That's true. So let's let's break it down because it is trying to tell a history poorly. Yeah. But you know. And it was like it was them trying to make some sort of like animated dances with wolves, gunning for another Oscar nod. Because it came off yeah. of The Lion King, which was really well received. No, no, no. It came uh, off of Beauty oh, and no, the Beast. Oh, no, was it pre... Oh, it was... It was pre-Lion King. Pre-Lion King, post... Beauty and the Beast. Post Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Yeah, see Lindsay yeah. Ellis' video for, yeah. for more of that stuff. How do I know more about the history of Disney movies than you do? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at girling. All right? But, um... But, yeah, no, if you, if you think that the story of Pocahontas is that, then you're wrong. Yeah. Um... She was a kid. She when she was a child. When she was a child, yeah. And and like like it's like I said, go watch. Well, go watch uh, Lindsay Ellis's video. But like it says in there, like also what... John Smith didn't look like that. He John... looked like Gimli from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, giant ass, kind of an red, ugly motherfucker. red head with giant crazy man beard. Yeah, <laughs> who would like who... go eat like get stung by a stingray and then fucking eat it for dinner. <laughs> Like that's that's the kind of mofo you're dealing with. Yeah, it is like kind of. He's I also... think like later in life, didn't he conflate that his own story with Pocahontas? He about made Turkish... shit up he made all the damn so time because like he was in the Balkans fighting the Turks, you know, as you do as a mercenary because that's what he's a captain of. He's not a ship's captain. Yeah, he's, he's a mercenary he's a captain. Mercenary. He's a captain. Of and he and he definitely is not voiced by Mel Gibson, but. Mm. Although probably similar worldviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know his opinion on the Jews. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I hate to say this, there weren't any in England <laughs> during his day, so it probably was very similar to Bill yeah. But um, But we do know his opinion on the Turks, in that he had three Turkish heads on his shield. Yes. But he, also, a Turkish princess was like probably in love with him, maybe. Unless he made that story up too. Unless he made that story, which is up what too. I personally think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that every story of anybody ever falling in love with him is a complete fabrication. Because once again, he looked like fucking Gimli <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. You need to understand this. So, not only when when he was in Virginia was Pocahontas a child, um, but her the story of her saving his life, which is not unique to the Disney movie, but is also a fabrication of later times of his own writing yeah because like you said he made shit up all the damn time he's a super unreliable narrator and unfortunately a lot of what we know about this story is due to like things that he had published yeah so like when he was getting up there um one of the ways that he made money after he stopped sailing around the world and being a mercenary was like writing down his stories for publication Mm -hmm. also i'm gonna throw this out there uh gimli and galadriel otp just saying. You know what? You just get the fuck out. Of here. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is gross and wrong. Nope. Not because he's a dwarf, but because he's fucking Gimli. All right. So I'm not being racist. <laughs> I'm just pointing out a fact. Where was I going with this? I don't know. Where were we going? With I this? was going. Um, oh yeah, no. So so yeah, his earlier writings are generally considered to be more accurate than his later ones, and his later ones make up the shit about she saved my life. Yeah. Which, you know, and then later, of course, in the 1800s, you know, in the 1800s, that story became kind of the, let's tell it again and again until everyone believes it. Um, So anyway. There's another group of people that really made a lot of shit up. Everybody (laughs) in the 19th century. Yep. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so, so Willow's 
not existing. Not, don't exist in Virginia. Uh, when, when did Ratcliffe show up? Like historically, uh, was, was he there? He was, he was on the original. He was an original, but he didn't have nearly the flair for the dramatic. He could have no. been gay. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. But at least was not as powerful as he's put to be in this movie. No. Yeah. Um, well, you know who who started a fucking mutiny though? John Smith. John Smith. Allegedly. Allegedly. Again, because unreliable narrator. Yeah. 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 Also, okay. Okay. <laughs> Nick, this, go on your rant. This is the one. I mean, it's not going to be a rant, but it's the one thing that bothers me the most about the Pokemon's movie. Mm-hmm. The fucking dog is named after the, one of the few people to yeah. give us firsthand accounts of the original founding yeah. of that colony. Percy? And, yeah. Percy. Percy doesn't fucking talk. <laughs> Percy got reduced to being a pug. <laughs> He's going to be governor of Virginia later. Now I just want to imagine, like, the sequel sequel to Pocahontas where it is Governor Percy and it's just the dog. It's just the dog, yeah. He's riding home to, like, ask for more, like, silk shirts to wear around. And it's just the dog. Also, interestingly interestingly enough, the real Percy descended from Hotspur. Huh. Yeah. Or of the same family, anyway. I don't know if he's a direct descendant. Yeah, but they're both they're both Percy's. So, all right, all right. All right. Wow, uh, this, is, this show has been for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Man, so- we suck at this. I think I discovered why we only have two listens. I'm sure our, our friend video. in the desert will listen. Yeah. Yeah. And then she'll be like, I know what you guys are talking about! <laughs> she'll be so excited. And everybody she shares it with is going to be horrendously disappointed. Yep. Um, man. Guys, we suck. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, what else can we talk about? As Mr. Rogers said, I'm not very good at this, but yeah. I'll do it anyway. It's fine. But it's fine. It's fine. This is fine. Uh, <sighs> Steam sale's been going on, or it's it, it ended today. Oh my god, a game that I should not love, but I love. What oh is god. it? Uh, shut up. That's is, the game. It's no, it's oh. called Honey Pop. Oh uh, yeah, from the makers of Honey Cam, which was another game that I really loved that I shouldn't love. So anyway, so Honey Cam was a cam girl like. Uh. What are the, management ma- simulator. Yeah, management simulator. But, like, you manage the lives of cam girls. Yeah. And you had to make sure that, like, they were um, they were going on camera, but that they also weren't getting too stressed. And, like... Yeah. 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 I, 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 I've seen, I've seen somebody fun. play it before. Yeah. It's weirdly fun. I found it very relaxing. I don't know. I'm a terrible person. And a traitor to my gender. <laughs> um, but now they've come out with Honey Pop which combines two of my favorite genres, a dating simulator. Why am I into dating simulators? I'm fucking engaged. Anyway, maybe that's why. I don't know. know. So it combines a dating simulator and a puzzle game. And so what's really nice is like you, you know, you do the dating sim part. Like, like a bejeweled thing. Yeah. yeah. And then you like play bejeweled. And then like, if you win so many points in bejeweled, then you have like, you know, you have had a successful date with that woman. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of fun, you know, and I like it cause I don't think like either genre, you know, unless it's got some like really unique twist to it, like Doki Doki literature club. I feel like kind of both genres, you can get a little bit bored. 
Um, and it's harder to sustain interest. Um, so that's kind of the nice thing about Honey Pop is that it combines like two really fun casual genres into like a fun into a fun game that is so exploitative. But goddamn, I love it so much. We also play. Apparently, it also came out in 2015. Yeah, yeah, I oh, think okay. that actually predated Honey Cam, but whatever. But whatever, it's oh, new okay. to you. So, um, it's good. so uh, but it's like a buck fifty on the on the Steam sale, which is over now, but yeah. that's fine. Um, we also got uh, Monster Prom, which oh, you and I played together. Yes, another dating simulator. But it only takes 60 minutes, so yeah. it's like the perfect amount of time for a dating and it's, simulator. And it's a multiplayer dating simulator, which yes. even makes it even more fun. <laughs> so you, are, you play as uh, up to four students at a monster high school. Um, and but everybody's in their 20s. Everyone is really in their 20s weird. for some reason. Like the youngest person is 19. It's really strange. Anyway, <laughs> well, I and get- they drink and they party and have like bathroom raves. I don't know. It's like unlike any high school you've ever been to. But well, okay. when you've got like thousand-year-old vampires and stuff like that, I that's guess the what- thing. <laughs> Only the vampire character is like explicitly said to be like hundreds of years old. All the rest of them like, are in like like nineteen to twenty-three. And like then the, the Medusa vampire is, like, character, yeah. and like there's like a mermaid. Anyway, there's a mermaid. There's a Medusa. There's a, there's a werewolf. There's a ghost. Um, so the ghost, like, the ghost is like a, a party girl who does all the drugs. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Anyway, but yeah, so everyone plays a, a different character, and you get to decide where you go each turn. The turns are decided on by randomization and discussion. So it'll say something like, uh, "Name an object," and like all the all the players will name an object, and then it's like. The, the player ranking is based on how awkward it would be to use this as a sexual aid. Like, or um, name a celebrity. Yeah. How the player order is based off of how unusual it would be to have a, a an action figure based off of this person or something like that. So, like, not all of them are sex related. Like, some of them are, they're like... Just, they're just stupid just little stupid goofy questions. things. questions, yeah. And so you, you talk you have stats it's like kind of has like rpg elements and your stats are determined based on how you answer questions and how you interact with the other characters um and at the winner at the end i don't know i thought i was really in with the girl i was i was sitting on the mermaid girl and she like invited me to dinner and i'm like yeah i'm gonna ask her to monster prom and it's gonna be great and she rejected me but then elise went to monster prom with the mermaid or the uh with the medusa lady yeah and i'm like can there only be one winner so we need to play a few more rounds of this to figure out what the the secrets of monster prom Mm. okay Um, well invite me over sometime yeah we'll we'll, we'll have to do a well a three or four player monster prom game um we could do it after the podcast we could do it after the podcast possibly possibly uh also speaking of other games that are like dating things but are kind of kind of out there uh ever hear of kitty powers matchmaker no uh so kitty powers uh is a drag queen and yes uh, i'm here for this (laughs) basically built this uh this game where you work for her uh, as a basically matching people up. So you're not actually dating anyone, but huh. you get random people sent to you. It's like, I'm looking for this person, this person, this person. You try to match them up with a date, and then you like have an earpiece in their ear, and you try to feed them you know, nice. the correct answers. Yeah. So it's Cyrano de Bergerac simula- simulator. I guess. I'm not familiar with that reference. Oh, yeah. wow, okay. Dude, really? What is this? Not even the wishbone? The... the- the dog? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. He had an episode about Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh, okay. Or or the, the Steve Martin movie, Roxanne. 
No. Yeah. Or like literally like all every sitcom from the '90s and early 2000s did a trope like so this. So basically, Cyrano. De, wow, we're going way off topic today. <laughs> Cyrano de Bergerac was a play. Was it French? Yeah. I'm assuming. Um, there was a, was a play about a, a soldier who was in love with this woman. Um, but he always thought he was too ugly because he has this huge, like, nose. Mm -hmm. There's probably some undertones of anti-Semitism in there. Possibly. But he's, like, really, like, he's brave and courageous and charming and intelligent and, like, has an amazing way with words. He just has this big nose. Yeah, he just has this big big nose. And so there's this other soldier who um, is, like, this strapping, handsome man, but kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. And Cyrano finds out that the girl that he's in love with is also kind of crushing on this guy. Um, So he's like, well, I can't have her because I've got this huge nose, but you can date her. (laughs) I can. It's (laughs) I know. It's literally it's French. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Um, So so he's like, you can date her. But he's like, oh, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I, I'm, like, terrible with women. And so, like, Cyrano's like, well, I'll just tell you what to say to her and you can say it. And, like, trust me, it'll work. And so, like, that's that's kind of, like, it's sort of a comedy of errors, but it's, like, way tragic. Okay. Because, like, the dude, the, the spoiler alert, the handsome guy dies in the war. Ah. Um, and then, like, they live to a ripe old age. And then, like, Cyrano, because when he's a doddering older man, he finally, like, works up the courage to tell this woman who's never married that he was the one that was, like, wooing her the whole time. And, like... Through this puppet man. Through this puppet man. Um, but, yeah, in the 80s, they did a movie version of it called Roxanne, because that's the name of the woman, um, starring Steve Martin, only they make them firemen okay. in, in the modern day. Is that the Roxanne that doesn't have to put on the red light? Or is no, that a that's a different Roxanne. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Did you ever see Smart Guy? Because Smart Guy had an episode like this. Smart Guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the spinoff of Sister Sister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. With their younger brother? TJ Mary. Alex is too, I, is too I young saw, for this. Oh, my God. I, think I always I saw, forget how young he is. I think I saw anyway. Sister Sister. So there's, like, an episode where TJ, who's the, I guess, like, the, the theme of the show or, like, what's going on, the basic premise of the show is that, like, TJ is a super kid genius, so he starts high school at, like, 11 or 12. Um, so he and his – and so he's going to high school at the same time as his older two siblings who, mm-hmm. are, who are teenagers – so he gets the like sisters a, of sister sister. Yeah, or are they different? No, it's like completely different. Okay. But like anyway, because like I've they, seen that show, but I haven't. I think played. they served as like executive producers on it or something. Oh, okay. But um, so anyway, so like he, uh, he has like a crush on this girl, but he can't be with her because he's twelve and she's sixteen, and that's gross. So then like the formula, the formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like, um. So, so his, he, he pulls the a older, Yeah, Syriac. the older brother is, like, also kind of crushing on her. And so, like, they pull a Cyrano where, like, TJ, like, writes all the things that he should say. And then it, the best thing, though, is, like, the best plot twist of that episode is it turns out the girl is also stupid and shallow. So, like, her and the brother just get together because they're both stupid and shallow together. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, and then, like, TJ learns an important lesson about, like, waiting for true love or whatever. Okay. Um. So, yeah. So anyway, Man, that was a great sitcom. Yeah, yeah, that was a great play. Um, <laughs> I 
Anyway, what were we talking about before Sierra Nevada? Oh, <laughs> we were talking about oh. video games. Video games, yeah. Oh, you were talking about video saying, games. I was, yeah. And then Nick Kitty made the reference to Sierra Nevada. Yeah, yeah and, and you know the way you describe it, yeah, it's basically like that, but it's not for one individual person. It's like you have a business doing that. Yeah. And so it's it's your job to to match people together, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And, and they then you got to keep the feds off you because that sounds really <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> well, I think it's set in England. So oh, I, don't, okay. I don't know how sketchy it is in England. Maybe more so. <laughs> Who knows? Probably less. I mean, they do have royalty over there still, so these pro- these things probably happen all the time. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, playing playing video games. Uh, I started playing through the Metal Gear series the other day. Oh yeah, you yeah. starting with starting one? with Metal Gear Solid, the, the original Metal Gear Solid, not not Metal Gear, but Metal Gear Solid, but Metal Gear Solid, the third game, mm-hmm. the third game. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's the only. It's forget. the only of the games that I've actually played, and I've never finished I it. I always forget how hard that game is because, yeah. like, I, I, the one that I played through the most is probably Metal Gear Solid Two, honestly, because it was the first one I actually bought. Right. Um, and so I'm used to the control scheme for that game, mm-hmm. and like all the things that it entails, and I'm like, oh, I can't. I can't hang off this ledge. No, no. Like, you know, like, like, like the first game is basically like the can, almost the controls of the the old uh, ZX Spectrum games. Yeah, but MSX. MSX. Um, I guess it was. Yeah, MSX originally. MSX and was ported to a whole bunch of. Yeah, things. ZX Spectrum is a British. Yeah. Computer. Anyway, I don't know why I go there. Anyway, but yeah. Um, those games, you know, top down, you know, pixel art, you know, that kind of stuff. It's the same kind of control scheme as that, just, hey, everything's in 3D! 3D. And you can stop moving and slowly go into 3D view mode to to look around, but you can't actually do anything in it. Nope. Nope. Um, like, like when I played it, I played it on the PC port, mm-hmm. um, which was there, a PC? there, there was, was a PC, PC port. port. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Cause I never had a, a PlayStation. That's right. Um, but I, I had a PC and many years later, um, I decided, you know what? I've seen enough of this game. I've watched let's plays of it. I know this game forward and backwards. Let me actually play it. And so I went and I actually got the, the, cause I didn't want, I didn't have enough money to get a PlayStation at the time. This was like a few years back. Yeah. Um, I could probably get a PlayStation now, and you and could probably get a PlayStation, a PlayStation One, extraordinarily cheap now. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, good luck finding a copy of Metal Gear Solid. But you could buy it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the um, but I did play it on the PC, and I got almost all the way through. I got to the point where um, after you've cooled the key and heated the key, oh, and yeah. you've plugged it into the thing, and oh no, you've activated, act, you've started Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah, Spoilers yeah. for a Spoiler game from alert. 1998. It's for a 20-year-old game. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, at that point, the door closes, and you're locked in a room, and there's poison gas being pumped in, and what you're supposed to do is contact uh, Otacon, and he's going to eventually uh, open the doors for you. I think that's at least what you're supposed to do, at least from everything I've seen. Mm. And I do this, and I have all the, the requisite things. I have the gas mask. I have all these things, and I do this again and again and again, and the door doesn't open. There's a bug. In, oh. in this in this port, there's a bug that will not open the door, so I am stuck at that point. I don't know if it was a copy protection I just didn't do or anything like that, or if it was just an, in, an unintentional bug. But for some reason, I have never been able to get that to work. I also Weird. couldn't get it to work on any computer more recent than a XP, so I wouldn't be able to actually yeah, play it on my modern I Yeah, I don't know. You should see if Can we play on it on this computer? Or no, this is this is a Vista. Yeah, yeah, I think it might not work. You could try it possibly on like see if good old games sells it. I don't even know. I don't know. 
if um, they sell it, then that there probably would be no bug like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it'd probably be better for me to to play it on the original hardware, or yeah. or the place, or PlayStation the port, Two. Yeah. Uh, but, there's a PlayStation Three port, um, and there was the the Twin Snakes is probably the best version of that game. That's I where they take the control scheme from the second game. From the second game, yeah. It, yeah, which is just objectively better I'm sure. in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I, I, I borrowed it from someone many, many years ago, and I think that was the first time I actually played through the original. Mm-hmm. Now, they um, do add a bunch of, like, cutscenes, even more cutscenes on top of that in, in the Twin Seeks. Or at least, it, either it's either more, or they make them more elaborate. It uh, might be more elaborate, yeah, I believe that. Cause like, I, I, I think it's the exact same script. It's, like, the exact same game, it mm, just has a different engine. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Um... God, I love that. I love that game. And do you know the weird thing I love about that game? What? The cutscenes talking about nuclear disarmament. Yeah. For some reason, just, like, that aesthetic, I dig it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where, like, it'll load for, like, 30 seconds, and then you'll get some, like, some real-life lo- footage of, like, yeah. nuclear bombs going off. Or, 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 like, inspection facilities, and it's, like, all pixelated and shit. Like, I don't know why, but I like that. Yeah. No, it's nice. You guys want some breaking news from the internet? Breaking yeah, let's get some breaking news from the internet. Uh, Agretzko is getting a second season on Netflix Woo! in 2019. I'm down for that. I'm so there for that. I, I don't know where it's going to go from there, because like I felt like the first season was a pretty well-contained story. Uh, I think she's going to get together with the wolf guy. What's his name? Uh, the, the wolf the, of Wall Street? The wolf of Wall Street. The hy- <laughs> he's a hyena. He's actually. a hyena. The hyena Wall of Wall Street? <laughs> Um, More like the hyena of middle management. Oh, in, not in even Tokyo. middle management. He's like a, he's just some like he's an accountant drone. Um, accountant drones. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I really hope the gorilla. I forget her name. I forget them all. Gory. They're all named Gory. I hope Gory gets like a more development and maybe like they help. They help a Gretzko on her way to becoming a more like self actualized woman. Mm. So I don't know. We'll I'm looking forward to, to it. We'll have yeah. to see. And um, in fall of this year, continuation of the anime series that we're watching that just finished. Uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes? Yeah. I have not had the chance. I, I didn't have the chance the other last <sighs> few days to like watch the last episode. Uh, in other anime news, the sub version, uh, the subtitled version of My Hero Academia 2 Heroes just premiered today at uh, Anime Expo in LA. So we'll be getting, um, I think it rolls out this fall? I think so, yeah. I want to say in theaters, so. Okay, I have to finish. I finished watching season two. I need to start watching season two. If I'm remembering correctly, the the movie takes place, like, between Uh, arcs in season two? It takes place uh, before the summer camp arc of season three. Oh, okay. Okay. So... So you're After. actually kind of at a good spot for it, but well, I'll catch yeah. up by then. You know, if it's yeah. gonna even fall, I'll catch up by then. All right. Yeah. All right. I think the premiere date in Japan is August, but I think like we're not gonna get it a wide release in the states. I don't think it's gonna be that wide of a release. I think it's gonna be pretty limited, but it'll yeah. it'll happen sometime this fall. So. Cool. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out for it, and yeah. I think when you know, watch watch this space, guys, because we'll probably talk about that when that comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, do we want to have a short episode today, maybe? Yeah, um, yeah that'd be nice. I, I feel like we don't really have a whole lot else to talk about today. Um, okay. 
Yeah. Well, let's close it out with webcomic of the week. Now, I am starting to run out. I am, like, almost out of webcomics to share with you all. So this may or may not be the last webcomic of the week. Alex is going to start drawing webcomics <laughs> and reviewing them. <laughs> to talk about them. Actually, no, I, I did think of one. But anyway, that, that, that's not important. Um, so the webcomic of this week is called Cucumber Quest. Have I talked about this one before? You have not nope. talked about this one. All right, so Cucumber Quest is a, it's a webcomic about these anthropomorphic bunnies um, that are on a quest to save the kingdom. Uh, it's basically like the, um, you know, it's the standard kind of JRPG story of uh, the, the kingdom has been taken over by an evil queen, and if she gets the seven stones of disaster, she'll raise Darkseid or whatever the fuck. Um, and they go on the quest to do it. And it's a quest that apparently has been done many times in the past by many archetypal heroes of the same. Uh, these heroes are somewhat more reluctant to do it than previous ones. But as it develops, basically you find out that the whole premise of it is more lie than truth. And that the villains, like the ancient evil, is more doing it out of a need for, like, a pageantry to continue the status quo and is kind of getting bored of it himself. And the person that's really kind of the one drawing it, trying to make it happen, is, like, the fairy advisor to the the main characters. Uh, And so it's kind of like, it starts starts off with a super simple kind of fun, and it's really cute drawing style. Sounds like Final Fantasy X, but like more thought out. Yeah, and it does does delve more into that uh, kind of meta-narrative, eventually. It takes a bit of time to get there, though. Cool. So that is Cucumber Quest. Uh, Possibly, maybe, maybe not the last webcomic of the week for our Some Nerds Have a Podcast. So, Some Nerds Have a Podcast, where can you find us? Uh, you can find us online on SoundCloud. Just, just search for us; we're there. <laughs> and on Twitter at some, some look good. Uh, some nerds pod. And on Facebook at some nerds have a fan page. You can also email us at some nerds have an email at gmail.com. I'm sorry, what was that? Some nerds have an email at gmail.com. That's right. And uh, hopefully, we'll be back to you in another two weeks. So. And thanks to our RSS feed, you can get us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. Which right. we hope is one of us, but you know, we understand. We know it's probably not. Yeah, <laughs> we, we understand. We just, it's, you know, it's an honor just to be nominated. <laughs> we, were, we weren't nominated. So. <laughs> we were nominated in the people's hearts, Alex. Yeah. The two people's hearts. Two yeah. people. <laughs> All we right. You. We see you. <laughs> Good night, everybody. My name's Alex. I'm Nick. And I'm Elise. And this is Some Nerds of a Podcast. Yeah.